0: save Mornington Peninsula from the
1: Welcome. This podcast is coming to you from Down Under, or more specifically, Bunurong Country. That's right at the bottom of mainland Australia, just above Tassie. Our little portion of Bunurong country is called the Morning to Peninsula, which is part of the growing Melbourne city sprawl. The Morning to Peninsula is where the bush meets the bay, and it has rich biodiversity. But, as with any idyllic seaside spot, that biodiversity is under threat from human interference. This podcast will explore the wildlife and environment on the Mornington Peninsula. We'll take a look at how we can best protect what is left and minimise future threats. We hope you stick around. Nick and Chris continue to argue, bicker, and finally agree on the plight of the kangaroo on the Mornington Peninsula.
0: So how many uh, peninsula, how, how many peninsulas do we have down kangaroos? <laughs> how many kangaroos do we have down the peninsula? We don't really know. Uh,
2: well, which is the Victorian uh, Government Department, only does modeling the mega department yeah the mega (laughs) department they only do modeling and so basically modeling is an estimate over a set set area and then they extrapolate from that area to determine how many we have and i suspect that they actually do their numbers to support harvesting programs so that they can actually encourage uh, a, a business which you know really isn't backed scientifically
0: well, we've both seen their estimates and it's 7,000 on the peninsula. There's no way. And last year it was 3,500. So they bred 100% in one yeah. year.
2: It's. I think mathematically it's impossible.
0: Well, I think it is. <laughs> Hugely mathematically impossible considering a lot of them are getting, and we've already mentioned the roadkill and all the shooting. Yeah, yeah. So
2: really what part of this podcast is about is to try and get people on the peninsula to join a movement where we can actually count our mob and get really determined numbers of what actually exists on the peninsula and as part of that the morning peninsula kangaroo count has evolved and count your mob program everyone can participate it's free you just have to download that iNaturalist app on your phone and you can actually get involved in a really exciting venture. Once we know where the kangaroos on the peninsula are hanging out, then we've got a better way of actually monitoring them over a period of time. And if they're getting threatened or their numbers are much, much lower than are publicised, you know, we've got a big problem and we've really got to act quickly. So so at the moment, everyone's going round without any true numbers, without any real
0: Knowledge. I know, making decisions on
2: it. Yeah. So yeah. it's fantastic, isn't yeah. it?
0: It's, it's like,
2: what better thing to do than get up early in the morning or in the evening? And if you're lucky enough to have kangaroos in your area, go around and count kangaroos and and submit it to iNaturalist and actually submit real scientific, technical data to what is out there and actually have a, an amazing What's Well, walk. it's a citizen count. Yeah.
0: I do mine in the morning. The, the kangaroos in the morning and the evening are out and they, you can come right up to them. So they're not going to jump away and you're not going to frighten them. That's what I've found. But in the evening, when I've done it in the evening, I could do like an hour, like eight kilometres of walking around, an hour and a half, and it's it dark. I've only done half my count. <laughs> okay. and, and, and you become a foot shot soldier with your iPhone and not a gun.
2: Oh, how but, good is that? That's
0: right. So you're shooting him with your iPhone because yeah, wow. you're supposed to take a picture of what you count. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. yeah. so, yeah, So yeah, that's right. So I've yeah. got my cameras full of kangaroo pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I did not – I always thought they were like different mobs. Now I'm finding because I'm doing this count once a week, I'm finding it's the same mob. So I look at this – I go. There should be six around here somewhere. So I go looking for it, and sure enough, they're around the corner <laughs> eating grass. Yeah. I didn't realise that. I thought they were more transient, but they're very much localised mobs. Yeah, and I, I think you've noticed also, Nick, that
2: that depending on the season, the weather, the you know the time of year, you know sometimes they are in their little like hangout Mm. spot and then other Mm -hmm. times they come together for like a big jam and and all get together. It's it's amazing to see and all the little mobs say oh hang on we're going to hang out all together. It's like a
0: kangaroo robbery.
2: Yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and I reckon that's part of the problem. Quite often people see those big groups together and think wow hang on we've got hundreds of kangaroos or thousands of kangaroos in one paddock which
0: is always less than 100 anyway and we've got a problem here. Which well, you is interrupt not. them and they jump all over and all of a sudden, uh, sudden, even I, I know I've just counted that there was only 40 uh, and all of a sudden it looks like 200. <laughs> it's amazing yeah, how they uh, can look like uh, a lot when they're jumping around. No, definitely. When I look for wallabies, I found that, you know, the wallabies are uh, one-offs compared to the kangaroos that seem to be in mobs everywhere. No, you that's know, right. No, definitely. I've, I've never seen more than two or three wallabies together. So <laughs> what's your educated guess of how many kangaroos and wallabies there are? Not many wallabies. (laughs) Well, I don't, yeah. We've got
2: three wallabies that I've seen on our property that I know are distinct different wallabies. Oh, that's good.
0: You've identified, you can tell.
2: Sadly, one got killed just last week on the road, so now we're down to two. So, oh,
0: that's uh, that just happened last week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. So, kangaroos, I would say there's no way we got 7,000. I would say my pick is somewhere between one and two maximum.
0: Yeah. I think that's most
2: people's estimate. And the sad thing is, this is where it really gets sad, is that if you've got 1,000 or 2,000, if you're taking out in a culling program
0: 350 to 80 of that 1,000 or even 2,000, it's ridiculous. Well, the scary thing is they can only take it off private property because it's not allowed to shoot inside national parks. So there's always going to be a few hundred left. But, you know, unfortunately, if they can get out into those private properties, it's... Mm. Yeah, that's our challenge. Yes, this segment, Chris, is about the myths of what kangaroos do, the damage they do, etc.
1: Myth number one: Kangaroos eat pasture.
0: Have you heard about how they love to eat everything? I. They get blamed for crops. Yep, yep, and 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 there's
2: no doubt that that has been busted big time because kangaroos. Do not eat crops. They do not eat. Uh, compete with livestock. They basically do their own thing. And if anything, they improve the environment that they're in. They, you know, they basically stimulate grasses. I've got a vineyard and I've got some cattle as well, and base, both are for thriving. So I've got no problems with my kangaroos. I invite them in. I love them.
0: Have you ever seen any kangaroos eating any of the uh, the hay for the animals or?
2: Well, we, well, we've got, we've got a, a family, a small mob of kangaroos that live in our vines and we call them the, the vineyard mob and they're there every year with their babies and never cause an issue.
0: So simply we can just get a blood test from them and see where they're over 0.05 and if they are, we can put this myth to bed straight away. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah.
1: Myth number two, kangaroos scare livestock.
0: The other one I get a lot is they scare horses, cows, and goats. So that's why people have fences because they don't want their horses scared. Now I've got thoroughbreds on my place.
2: Yeah, and I've got I've got I've got Angus uh, steers on my place. So we are
0: just competing with each other. I now.
2: Know, but, <laughs> but I see the the, the the kangas and 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 the livestock happily in yeah. harmony together.
0: Yeah, well our alpacas particularly love. They just go towards the mob of kangaroos the whole time. We've got a, a thoroughbred. One of the thoroughbreds' grandfather won the Melbourne Cup. Wow. So, you know, you can imagine how fussy that'd be. Mm. It loves kangaroos. Love they love each other. I'm Occasionally, sorry. once a year in, in spring, it'll run and do its little prance around them, and all the kangaroos will go, what the hell are you doing that for? And freak them out a bit. But mostly, they really hang out together. Because you know, you know the only- they're mob animals, aren't well, they? You know the only thing kangaroos don't like? What? humans. Hunters. <laughs> seriously yeah.
2: they, they run in panic and you see the panic yeah. in their yeah. ear your eyes if you've got a car that looks like it's spotlighting or you know driving you see they, the freak, out. they you, freak out
0: do you know I notice when our grandkids come down to, they actually can walk right up to the kangaroos they're not scared of it it's only when you're an adult they go yeah. now you're the one I don't trust because yeah. I think for how many years did you say 60 million years 30 million 30 million years we've been hunting them probably yeah. is that possible <laughs> no
1: <laughs> myth Number three, kangaroos
0: attack people. So we, uh, they attack humans and dogs. I've heard this a lot.
2: Well, I would like to see the report on who has actually been killed. What what Australian has been killed by kangaroo? I, like literally, Steve Irwin got killed by a stingray? I know, that was bad luck. I know, it was bad luck.
0: Yeah. But- Hang on, if someone really got killed by a kangaroo You'd you know hear about, about it. it. You'd hear about it. And I've seen the attack dog. The it's humans. not the kangaroo. It's not the kangaroo No, no it was the defending the itself. Dog's I know, the it was defending itself. That's right. And, and, and I think also they can't go backwards. So if you corner them, they have to come at you. I've seen that happen. Yeah. And I think, well, you're virtually blocking it and scaring it and yeah. blocking it. Yeah. But that's all I've seen. But I just think it's a bit of a myth that particularly the big males are going to do something. And I don't think they do. I agree.
1: Myth number four, there is a kangaroo plague.
0: Plague proportions. Wow. How many times do you hear they're in plague proportions down here? Yeah, and how many times, it's
2: not just plague proportions, you see 20 kangaroos in a paddock and they say there's thousands. I don't believe it's physically possible for a native animal to actually go into plague proportions because they're native, they're actually living off the, they've evolved from the land and so nature keeps them in balance.
1: Myth number five. Kangaroos destroy fences.
2: Last one. Destroy fences. Do they or don't they? They can get caught in fences. Yeah, I've they, seen don't, that. they don't destroy fences. If a kangaroo is panicked, it will try to get over a fence that maybe is too high or it shouldn't, shouldn't go over and it can potentially get caught. But generally, it's poor quality fences that it get caught up in. If you've got a, a proper new fence that's tightly bound, they'll get through it or mm. get over it. But it's the poor fences. And so often I, get, I hear people say, oh, the kangaroos have destroyed the fences. And you look every single time and the fence is rusted out and got loose wire and that's what they get caught up in.
0: So you have, like you said, uh, cows... No problems at all with kangaroos coming in and um, getting through. And you've what have you done to your fences so they get through? Like I've the ac- joeys, because they can't jump over. The little joeys can't. No, go.
2: no. I've actually made kangaroo fences. I've actually put tyres in the ground and provided access points for the the smaller kangaroos to actually pass through freely. And and the, but won't make, the cows get out then? No, because it's it's small enough, small Joey's enough not big yeah. enough cows. Yeah. but the amazing thing there is they were a bit hesitant at the start with but all the ones that have gone through now you should see them line up They now they know how to do it and they've learned that they're not to fear it they actually line up one by one yeah. and they go through it's amazing to watch I love them yeah, so cute yeah.
0: have you ever woken up a gunshot, Chris. Wake, wake in fright. Did you ever wow. see the movie Wake in Fright? <laughs> I did actually. But
2: uh, the amazing thing with that, just listen to that sound sound check. Then I've lived on the peninsula thirty five years. Thirty of those years was in a you know in an urban environment on the peninsula. Five years ago, we moved to a rural environment, and what do we hear now? Those gunshots. And Rick- do we hear them often? Probably once a week.
0: Once a week, Rick O'Shea and his bounty hunters. I shouldn't say that sorry, pet food harvesting experts, are out there harvesting roos. Why are they needing to harvest roos? And are they harvesting roos or are they...? Well, I I personally think
2: they're probably culling roos. Once again, that they think they've got plague proportions, it's interfering with their ability to earn a living and and the the quality of their pasture, and that's why they do it.
0: I mean, is it possible...? People like shooting things, so if you can get a licence to shoot, say, 70 roos on a big property a year, that's a chance to go at shooting?
2: Definitely. The, the, the property we purchased, the rural property we purchased, I know the person that was shooting there... Basically, he wasn't getting paid. He wasn't a professional shooter. He just liked shooting.
0: He just like shooting, and so it also, there's a you know we like shooting for generations now. I mean, we started off as colonial stories of shooting roos out because it was an Aboriginal food source, and we've probably kept it up ever since.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I, I read a book recently which was called the Colonial uh, Kangaroo Hunt, and basically it was quoted Charles Darwin back. Two hundred years ago, as saying, yeah, he went out trying to hunt kangaroos and struggled to find some. And he's quoted as saying that the kangaroo in Australia is subject to basically being threatened. Back then, yeah, back then, because it was being hunted. Prophecy, and, yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 what's happening now? It's it's coming to fulfilment.
0: So, so what do we need to do to change? Do you think?
2: Uh, what do we need to do? We definitely need better education and and you know, better you know conversations with people before I moved to a rural environment, I was ignorant. Yeah, you know, mm. I loved kangaroos, I loved the environment, but I didn't realise. So, yeah.
0: so, so you're saying you were living 15 minutes away in suburbia, and you didn't know any of it? No, yeah, I, 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 I must admit, I was ignorant of that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So, so once you actually, you know, once you actually get
2: informed, you, it's amazing how it opens up your mind, and, and you really, I think, you know, we need to be protecting these beautiful animals, and we need to understand their habitat. And really, it's, a, it's the biggest asset for the peninsula, really.
0: I reckon we need to reset our mind. Have you ever so heard a conversation where someone's hit a kangaroo? Yeah, I have. Yeah. And what's and the what's, first thing they say? What's the first thing they say? <laughs> no, no. Well, was there any damage? Yeah. Or you Not should to get kangaroo, a kangaroo. Have you got a rhubarb? That's right. Yeah, to the car. Yeah. And I just think our number one step we've got to do for, to protect the kangaroo is that when that happens, what should the first question be? Was a kangaroo okay? Yeah. yeah. If it was anything else. if We're all was, guilty of that. That's right. Yeah, so I just think we need to raise its status in our own mind from pest to national icon.
2: Well, it is. You know, it, it is the national icon. It's on our coat of arms, as you said before, the Qantas. You know,
0: everyone loved – there wouldn't be one person that says they hate Made in hate Australia. Kangaroos. That's right. You know, like it's yeah. got the big kangaroo. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I was thinking too, what about governments? What, could, what can they do to help change? that's a, are we talking state federal i'm local? talking probably state one of the biggest problems on the peninsula is
2: that to basically not pay you know paid land tax you have to have a rural a business or a rural pursuit on on your land so that's exempt from land tax so anyone that owned land on the peninsula rural land on the peninsula if they don't want to be slugged with you know huge amounts of land tax they've got to have maybe an
0: unsustainable a rural business, you know, with a few cows. Or, so I've know, got, like, say, 10 acres, yep. and I think I don't want to pay land tax. Yep. So I could be up for, like, a grand or two grand a year. Oh, no. <laughs> and the rest, look at 50 grand a year. Like So it's 50
2: grand year, a year, no one's going to afford to pay yep. that. Because it's 5% of the valuation, and the trouble with the peninsula is rural land is skyrocketed. So It's pe- priced out from being small
0: rural yeah, property. So, so people can be...
2: Uh, so I want to do a little man, vineyard,
0: which- put a five-acre vineyard on. Yep. And I've got to pay 50 grand a year unless so so once I put the vineyard on I don't have to pay it Yeah, that's right so what what happens people you know basically set up
2: unsustainable uh, businesses whereby they're got to put on super phosphate they've got to put on chemicals they've got to ac- actually you know put a lot of effort into it It's just simply to have uh, relief from an unfair tax basically
0: so my next neighbor's got six cows yeah. So he might make say ten grand a year or something profit. That's mate. right. If, yeah. if,
2: if, but, we, but he's doing that because if he didn't do that, he would probably have maybe, fifty
0: grand. A well, day. he's probably got a bigger property, probably a hundred grand. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. can't blame him for doing it. No. So wouldn't it be great instead of actually having to buy a bulldozer and wreck your property? What would happen if you had a nice bush property like I've got? Wouldn't? Why couldn't you? Why isn't the willing- government rewarding people yeah.
2: that want to protect? and preserve the biodiversity on their properties and improve it even. You know, why, why wouldn't you actually get relief from land tax if you decided you wanted to have a, a rural property, but instead of having an unviable rural business, because none of the peninsula is big enough to
0: have a viable. Well, business. You, the big properties near you probably are. And, but there's a handful, that's yeah, right. But 95% of, of
2: well, the businesses are not viable. A hobby farming. A hobby top. farming. Yeah. So why? Yeah, if Distri- none of them and none of those hobby farms, this is the key to it. None of those hobby farms are paying land tax because they work with the system. The stupid government laws that says got a rural business, they don't have to pay land tax. So what do they do? They put on these unviable rural businesses. What if we turn that around and said, "Well, why can't if you put a covenant on your property?"
0: And- so how would you do that? You put a covenant on.
2: From- well, you can. You, you basically put it on your title that this property is a covenant for wildlife and it means it, you know, it, it cannot be- uh, Is this
0: like those trust for nature? Tr-
2: trust for nature. That's it. And what that means is it's preserved for eternity because it's actually mm-hmm. on the title. Even if you sell that property, the next person has to do the same thing. From the stroke of the pen then, we can actually probably save the kangaroo. And all the environment on the peninsula, the koalas, the, the trees, everything. The key to it is that it's revenue neutral because the government's not getting land tax because of these unsustainable rural ventures anyway. So what better thing than turn that around and say, well, you, know, you if you get relief from land tax for setting up a Trust for Nature covenant on your property, they're no worse off. The government's not worse off. The taxpayer's not worse off.
0: No one's worse off. It wouldn't be great if you could understand that clearing your land- and removing your wildlife and putting up fauna fences was actually decreasing your land value down the track because I'm sure it is. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, wouldn't that be great if a new because a new generation of buyers are wanting to move down the coast in the bush? They're not wanting to move down to a, a farm necessarily. I mean, no. I mean, no. I love farm life. Don't get me wrong, but no, it's not no. as attractive as. No.
2: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of smart people that are realising that unspoilt natural places with wildlife and trees are. The, the really things that are disappearing and they're the things that will be most valued and most worth. So so basically by protecting your environment, you're actually adding value to your land, not decreasing it.
0: And, you know, these kangaroos have got nowhere else to go. Not just kangaroos, we're talking for all the wildlife now. This is our home and what a, wouldn't it be a great positive thing? I don't think it's actually a good plan for the whole of Victoria because I think that land tax is probably the right thing for some parts where there's bigger farms than that. but Commercial farms, basically. Yeah, but like when it's down the Monitor Peninsula, which is a, a cross between holiday resort and, and urban and, and a few farms left, I think what we've got left we should try and protect and it wouldn't be hard, it would be really easy. I could see how to do it. Yeah, well,
2: I think something like 90% of the peninsula is Green Wedge, 90%. Oh, is it? Yeah, but of that 90%, how great would that would be 90% that was basically you know uh you know land for wildlife you know basically mm. with covenants on that was protected.
0: I wonder how much of it is right now is that because there's a lot. bit of national park but probably yeah. only 20% maybe.
2: Probably something yeah. in those matters and the rest is green wedge with rural businesses on it. I don't think we need it.
0: Yeah.
2: Wow, I've never heard a kangaroo cough, believe it or not but I have heard that the natural sound that a kangaroo makes to warn other kangaroos and other macropods all make the same sound, it's a a stamp.
0: Never heard of that. Yep. I'm sticking with my cough. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: does, does a big male do that maybe? or No, they all do it. All the males do it. The males warn off the females and everyone else by stamping their oh. foot and it basically vibrates. It's a vibration and a sound. Oh, yep. cool. Yep.
0: So uh, do you have any predictions, Chris, when next Five, 10 years, 20 years, 100 years, me, six, 30 million years. <laughs> no, there's no doubt
2: that in the next 10 years, that areas, not just the peninsula, any areas that is is left with a natural environment with native wildlife and trees, and I'm not just talking small uh, planted trees, but basically natural. In, you know, trees that were existing on that land, they will be the premium, basically... Land properties.
0: Properties, yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. so basically the people that do nothing on their property and don't pull down trees and don't do anything are going to have the highest value. That's right. It's crazy, isn't
2: it? Like, Wouldn't that like be people, a great irony? People are thinking that they're improving their property, but by leaving it and giving it back to nature and actually encouraging nature
0: and mm. natural biodiversity... Is adding value to your property? It's it's crazy. Well, people like me that are naturally lazy too. I'm loving hearing this. (laughs) I'm, you know, loving hearing that my properties are going up for no reason at all. (laughs) (laughs) Or my property, not properties.
2: And it's fantastic just observing kangaroos. Like it's it's something that everyone should have the opportunity to do. But I have seen after that gunshot that we hear regularly once a week, I don't see another kangaroo for at least two or three days. Wow. So where do they go? Are they sitting in the Mm. bush? Just trying to uh, stay out of guns' way.
0: Well, it's interesting you say that because after that big storm we had, we were having a big mob, though having a big, you know, group session at our place for about forty of them for about quite a few days. And that storm hit. Two stayed there the whole time without moving, just stayed in the same area. The rest went all over the place as soon as the storm stopped. Like that one we had a few weeks ago when all the trees went down. Mm. And uh, I walked around Sea Winds and all around the areas, mm. and I noticed they're all in these unusual spots in bushes and in shelter, stuff like that. They just dispersed. Just mm. it's their maybe it's their way of natural survival by going all different directions. You yeah. know,
2: how lucky are we? Like, how can yeah. we you, you walk around our properties and observe these things and and make sort of notes, mental notes, and take pictures and of this amazing animal mm. in its natural
0: habitat? It's fantastic. Yeah. And it was interesting, when I bought my house, bought my house, but I didn't bring it, <laughs> when I bought my house, the real estate agent did sort of warn me that there was kangaroos around as so that it was a negative <laughs> thing. I know. Oh. And I've just, my eyes lit up, I right. was thinking, great, I, I didn't know there was kangaroos around the area. Mm. And so, But well, we are lucky, I do feel as though we're lucky. And Nick, can I ask you a question? How yeah. long have you lived where you are uh, 10 years. 10
2: years. Nearly. In that 10 years, you've never taken the kangaroo for granted.
0: No in that whole time. Like in fact, actual fact you've actually got more passionate about it. In fact, the people that I know that are living close to the kangaroos are the ones that tend to love them more. Mm. And even when I see those shows with roo shooters and stuff like that, even they seem to feel sad that what they're doing. This is a special animal that we should really now's the time to fight back and not let what's happening happen. Yep. This is this is a beautiful animal being reduced to dog food and cat food.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Chris, for joining me today, and thanks, Peter, for production. Thanks, Nick.
2: Really enjoyed it.
1: This episode was brought to you by Nishmark, your right-hand team for digital marketing, social media, and podcasting. Thinking of starting a podcast? You do the talking, we do the tech. Contact Nishmark to get started.